Please take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. The Gospel of John, chapter 21. About this time of year, often on television, you'll hear stories of how the church came into being and what it's about. And all too often, the scholars, so-called, that are presented on there, give the idea that it was just kind of thought up in the eye in the minds of the apostles or disciples, and that they really didn't have a lot of direction from Jesus. But this passage before us today is one of the events that show us that as Jesus walked those 40 days following his resurrection, as he appeared and disappeared, he prepared the church and instructed the disciples exactly what he wanted, that they would be a shepherd, that they would be under shepherds for him. Let us read now from uh, John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered, no. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garments, for he stripped down for work, and threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. They were not far from the land, about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask Him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after He was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, 
tend or shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do rejoice indeed in your word. We rejoice that our Lord Jesus Christ speaks to us. Oh, by your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our ears that we might hear, that we might obey. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus was not easy to recognize during these 40 days, it would appear. He was in his resurrection body had the ability to appear and disappear. But they would recognize Him. Jesus comes to them in this event while they're fishing. And I believe the miracle that He was about to perform really had already begun the night before. Because as they went out fishing... These professional fishermen caught nothing. God was already at work. And so the question that he asks just brings it to their minds. Do you have any fish? They say no. The miracle that he had already begun was even to teach them at this point that without me you can do nothing. But Jesus was going to provide for them. He was going to provide breakfast. And while they were disappointed, as experienced fishermen, they were trusting in Him. And so Jesus gives clear and precise instructions. He says, cast the net on the right side and you will find a catch. What was it in His voice that uh, compelled these experienced fishermen to Obey as quickly as military men. Perhaps they were thinking back to another time that they heard that voice when they were out on the sea fishing and it's recorded that they were told to put out into the deep water and let down your net for a catch. And when they did, there was another miraculous catch. But in obedience to the Lord, they act and it is a miracle. Suddenly, the net is full to almost breaking. Following his clear, precise instructions, he works for them. John was the one that wrote the account here today and also the one that uh, put two and two together and figured out who it was. It was John that said, it was the Lord. 
Now, impulsive Peter puts on his clothes, jumps in the water, and heads straight to shore, just like Peter. He recognized the Lord's leadership, and he responded, It's the Lord. But it's interesting that they are all in one group, as it were. All of these men have different personalities, different abilities. Peter, of course, is the man of action. John, the man of understanding, discernment. And they complement each other in recognizing that indeed this is the Lord. There's a good bit of humor here as uh, Peter reacts and uh, always goes overboard. Um, had he been bored with his fishing, uh, waiting for Jesus and gone out fishing while he waited? Now the Lord is at hand and he forgets what he was about and heads for the Lord. And the Lord, in fact, had to send him back and say, look, go out and help those guys bring that heavy net in. And When they do bring the fish in, the fish that they have caught, they begin to marvel at this miracle that Christ has accomplished through them. They count fish, 153. I imagine that was the big ones, don't you? And they threw the little ones back, maybe. But they, they go through the process of finishing out what they were about. Our main focus today is on this breakfast that was ready. It's Jesus that invites them to breakfast. They're not eating the fish that they had caught because it says in verse 9, when they got out upon the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread. Jesus is the host at this breakfast. He invites them to come and eat. He's the one that gives them the bread and the fish. It's almost like another communion meal, isn't it? The text says this was the third time that Jesus has appeared to a group of gathered disciples. But it's this breakfast conversation that we want to focus our, our thoughts on in these moments. Because it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus began to restore Peter. In fact, he was also restoring and giving hope to all of these men that were with him. All had denied him and run away. It was around another charcoal fire that you will recall Peter denied Christ three times. And no doubt Peter had been under a cloud of guilt, having denied Christ as all of them had. And yet, here Jesus officially re-sanctions Peter, calls him into his leadership, and commissions him. In fact, we have three times he's given opportunity for affirmation and to reaffirm his commitment to Jesus Christ. And then three times he is commissioned. The first Jesus speaks, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? It's a solemn use of his full name. 
It's like they didn't know each other. It's like they were unfamiliar to use the full name. The question is significant. Jesus is quizzing Peter's devotion and esteem. It's like they're starting all over again. There's some question and ambiguity about what does it mean more than these? Do you love me more than these? Is Jesus talking about the fish that are laid out there and evidence of the miracle? Is He saying, will you give up your old business and follow me again? Just like when I first met you and called you from fishing nets to follow me? Is that what He's talking about? Is it just talking about giving up an occupation again to follow Christ? It may also mean more than these, speaking of these other men around you. Do you love me more than these? Do you still think that your loyalty to me is greater than all the other disciples? If we look back in uh, Mark uh, chapter 14, this is the account as they finished the Maundy Thursday meal, the communion service, that they had where Christ instituted the communion service and they were talking about Jesus for prophesied that all would fall away, fall away from Him. It's Peter in verse 29 that says, even though they all fall away, I will not. And of course, Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, I will die with you. I will not deny you. And they all said the same thing. Peter's unjustified self-esteem. Had he placed himself above the others? Is that what Jesus is referring to? We're not sure. But the restoration that must take place is what Jesus was doing. How does Simon Peter respond? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, there's no boasting. Peter is perhaps even unsure of his own heart anymore. And with all his natural affection of his heart, he says, yes, I'm your man. I'm your man. And so Jesus commissions him. Tend my lambs, Jesus said. You're called to exercise the office of a shepherd of the flock of God. It's here that Jesus commissions authoritative shepherd leadership for His church, His lambs, the tender care of His church, he now gives to human leaderships. Yes, He is the great shepherd, but He is now commissioned leadership in the church. Tend my lambs. What qualifies a man for this holy commission? And what's to be the motivation of a human leader in the church? Again, Jesus says, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus is probing deeper now. He's not making comparisons anymore, but he's approaching Peter directly and saying, do you really love me? You're risen, Lord? He answers, yes, Lord. You know I love you. I'm entirely loyal. If you refer to some commentaries, you will know that um, there are two different words here for, in the Greek for love, and I'll leave that to the experts. Uh, but basically, uh, one of them is the form of agape love, which we generally think of as that love that we choose by our will and our mind to set our love upon uh, an object, uh, in this case, the Lord. The other word, phileo, love, tends to be that, that spontaneous natural affection uh, that, we, that our emotions play a large and prominent part in. Now, in these questions, both words are used. Jesus uses the agape love. Peter continues to respond uh, with the phileo love, speaking of his uh, love for Christ. I'll leave you to, to study that on your own or when the experts get back uh, to preach. Uh, but the second commission, but he again commissions his servants here, shepherd my sheep, shepherd my sheep. Church leaders may shrink from exercising authoritative shepherding leadership. And so here Jesus clarified the church's leaders' right and responsibility to exercise shepherding care. It is the responsibility of the elders to shepherd. Jesus gives that commission here to Peter and through him to us. Again the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you even have that humble, subjective, natural affection for me? Jesus uses that word now. Why? Jesus knows the difficulties and demands that his under-shepherds will face in the future. And so Jesus goes even deeper in his probing of his leader's loyalty. Peter feels this, for in verse 17 he says, Peter was grieved. Because he said the third time, do you love me? See, Jesus is calling into question even Peter's subjective esteem and attachment. His very affection for the Lord. Peter answers, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Peter is so unsure of his own heart, and yet he's learned his lesson that he dare not appeal to anything within himself. Lord, you know my love for you because you've put that love by your grace into my heart. This is the basic qualification for shepherd leaders in service. Loyalty to Christ. Do you love me? Businessmen, if you were going to turn your business over to someone else, who would you look for? Well, you'd look for someone with skills. You'd look for someone that was familiar with the business. 
uh, you would look for someone that, uh, with many talents and skills, wouldn't you? But what's the most important? You would look for someone who is loyal, loyal to you. That's the indispensable uh, quality that, he's, that a businessman would look for. Graciously, Jesus Christ comes to Peter and to us. He makes us face our sins. And he has allowed that sins can be cleansed and forgiven. That's what the cross was all about. He's died. He's resurrected. And the results of Easter are ours in our humble salvation. Peter denied Christ three times. And now Peter has been allowed to publicly confess Christ three times. He has confessed his loyalty to Christ, his love for him. And three times Christ has given his assignment, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep. It must be a very important commandment, an assignment. For three times he said shepherd work is really important. It's amazing, isn't it? He doesn't say three opportunities. You'd think, preach, teach, go into all the world. But here, Christ underlines for us the work of shepherding His flock. It's significant that before we are commissioned to feed and tend the flock of God, we must be committed to the love of Christ, the chief shepherd. The final command in our passage today, Jesus said to him, follow me. And he describes prophetically Peter's future. He says to him, when you were younger, you, were free, you freely denied me and escaped a cross next to mine. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. To our ears, this may sound like ending up life in a nursing home. But understood in the first century uh, expression of stretching out the hands, Jesus is foretelling that He will be crucified, even as He was. That He will be in prison. Someone else will lead Him about. Knowing your future, Peter, Jesus called you to keep on following Me. It's a call to loyalty, a long-term obedience in the same direction. It may be a lonely, difficult calling. It takes personal heart searching. We're not encouraged to ask about others' future. Jesus encourages us to consider our own heart. Jesus would turn our curiosity about what will happen to someone else into a direct command to us. Follow me. The church formation is centered on the care of the sheep. A threefold charge is given. The shepherd leader Jesus is the divine model for all church leadership. Shepherding is something we should be all concerned about, both as sheep of the flock and as leaders of the sheep under Christ. He is the Good Shepherd. The concept of leadership in the church is that of a shepherd. It's the theme throughout God's written revelation. It's comprehensive care 
protection, guidance, training, provision. Christ wants human shepherds to shepherd His people after His own heart. May we hear Christ's call to love Him, to serve Him, not just with auditory perception, but with spiritual understanding that responds in faith. Follow me. That's Jesus' command. Let's pray together.